Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Black Opinions Matter. My name is Amino Hassan. I'm joined as always by Black Trey and Big Jerv. And today we got a special guest, man. We have, man, I don't even know how to describe this man anymore, man. He's a renaissance man. He started his his life as a basketball player, then transitioned into uh, comedy and uh, uh, commentating on, on kind of culture and basketball. And now I guess we got to throw in documentary producer, the one, the only Josiah Johnson. What's up, bro? What's up, bro? Appreciate you. First of all, let me, uh, everybody been saying it's a documentary. It's a scripted series. It's not no documentary. It's all scripted. It's a whole nother level. I know, I know it, I've heard about like 10 people like, yo, I'm ready to see that documentary. Like, no, we're on some other shit. We on, we on some, we on some, uh, we on some whole other stuff. Fair enough. I will shoot my research supervisor. Uh, no, it's all good. It's, <laughs> honestly, everybody's been telling me that. I'm just like, yo, I, I think the way it was worded in the releases, it made it feel like that, but. It's kind of the but, same. It's scripted like when they see us, but not obviously yeah. the same tone of it. But, but the, the reality is, this is a drama, right? Yeah, drama it, with some it, levity is what we like to say, yeah. but taking a look at his high school life, I can't tell y'all more than y'all can get from the press release, but right. taking a look at no, talent in high school. I'm going to be cool. I'm not going to like press you for spoiler alerts. I'm just going to ask you questions like, 
when did you know, like, yo, I, I want to be in the content creation business for serious stuff? I Like, I always knew the comedy stuff was there, but I got to admit, when I saw the release, I said, is that my desire? Like, nah, I got to be someone else with the same name. So I was kind of shocked when it was, oh, man, it's you. So, yeah. like, was this all always part of the plan for you when you went into the entertainment side or is it something that came up? I mean, honestly, for me, I just I like to I like to work. So one of my uh, good friends and a uh, co-creator on Legends of Chamberlain Heights, Michael Starberry, he wrote When They See Us with Ava. They got nominated for an Emmy. He had told me about this project a while ago. And he was like, look, if it goes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to reach out. to." He knew how, how down I was for Cap and how much, you know, I was about the movement. So he just knew I was a big fan. So, yeah, for me, drama wasn't really my lane. But y'all know I'm all conditions Negro. I can really whatever y'all need me to do. Y'all need some comedy, some drama, some acting, some hosting. What you need, I got you. So I, I just try to try to stay busy. So whatever whatever they give me, I'm a roll with. All Bro, conditions first, Negro. Yeah, the first thing I thought when you said, you know me, I like to work. It's like just like a nigga, man. <laughs> it's like, are they are they paying? Okay. <laughs> and they paying on time. I'm in there. Check check hey. every Friday. I'm there. Hey, I mean, you know how that work, man. You know, if they ask, hey, you know, they hiring over there, they like, hey, but you ain't got no experience. Over Nigga, I can learn. I can learn that. <laughs> I'm like, I learn on the job like a mug. <laughs> how, how uh, so this was, this was through, through Star, Starberry had already created the, the road for this to happen, right, with Cap. And you, and you just kind of joined the project. I was gonna ask, how did you? How, I gotta assume that Cap has people hitting them left and right, looking for the rights to his story. How did you guys carve out that that piece at least? Well, I think as you guys uh, know, Ava Ava is about her business and really about that action. So I think when she steps to the plate and offers her time, people listen. I think her and Cap. I, I don't know how long they've been talking for, but obviously she's a perfect vehicle to help tell her story. I know he's really a big fan of the drama and kind of what she brings to the table, writing style and all that. So it's pretty much a done deal when, when they get involved. And I was just honestly fortunate to be a part of it. And she was rocking with my stuff, which was, was amazing. She's a fellow Bruin. So to get to work with her too, was just like, yo man, this is like, is this life right now? And it's a pandemic going on. What's cracking? Is there, is there any part of you working there where you're like, the first day, you like you nervous or anything? Like here yeah, sure. I come, the funny guy with with Ava, who's created all this incredible programming that's like really thought provoking and serious and award winning. And here comes silly Josiah. I got jokes for everybody. Like was anybody you was nervous or did you come in? You were just yourself. Like I was, I was nervous honestly, but it was like a you know it was a week to week deal. So I knew at any point like she don't play. So if I didn't bring it, she would she would she would boot me, and it's nothing personal. But if you don't deliver, it is what it is. But I think I spent a ton of time leading up to it, just reading, reading a ton of, you know, work, reading a ton of Starberry stuff and just kind of learning the tone and the voice of the show. And like I said, I'm adaptable. So, you know, it took a couple of weeks to kind of get used to the drama side. But for me, drama is just like comedy without the joke. So it's really just, you know, if you could tell a good story, you could tell it as a comedy, you could tell it as a drama. Really just a matter of, am I going to throw some jokes in there? No, but... You know me, I'm still going to get them in. So when you watch, you know, you'll be able to tell. Like, he still got his jokes in. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I, this, I'm excited for this, man. Like, I'm excited to find out that you were part of it, you know, obviously, because it's such an, I think, an important story. And, and clearly, Cap was shaped, shaped by a lot of things that he experienced growing up. But uh, but knowing that you were part of it, it's, it's really cool, man, to see people, people that you know 
you know, doing doing good things, doing big things, man. Uh, so congrats on that. Uh, speaking of the pandemic, though, so what what's the work like, the workflow like, given that you guys aren't in a writer's room like a, a regular or a regular time, I should say? I mean, I think obviously, like everybody, we had to adjust. So thankfully, we were pretty far along in the writing process when the Rona hit. So everybody was pretty much off the script. We didn't really need to be in a writer's room every day, per se, going over everything. We kind of already did that for a few months beforehand, luckily. But it's tough, man. It's tough looking at, you know, a computer screen for three, four, five, six hours, especially in a writer's room where you want to be creative. And, you know, that creativity really just flows when everybody's in there kind of joking around, having a good time, talking about life, talking about what's going on in the world. So we got to adjust because obviously, you know, there's a schedule we need to keep and we want to get this thing out, obviously, whenever it's safe to get production rolling again. So for us, we just put our head down, got to work, and just really made sure we delivered the best product possible uh, for Cap. Is there, is there any part of this where Cap has come in and said, I really think you guys should focus on this part of my life or uh, ah, you guys are going down this road. It really didn't go down like that. It wasn't that big a deal or any kind of corrections from the guy himself. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he was super involved in, in the whole process and just wanted to make sure that everything was authentic and true to his story. Obviously, you got six, seven writers in a room trying to write his voice and trying to write everything going on. Like, we didn't grow up in Turlock, so we really just had to take deep dive, do yeah, tons of research. Turlock? Yeah, Tur- you know, I never even been to Turlock. <laughs> that's, honestly, a, hey, I that's, a nasty, that's a nasty area, man. Yeah, it but you know, like, it's, it's, it goes down, bro. It's not no, like no, for LA. Sure. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's, they're super MAGA, like, it's Confederate yeah. flag. It's all that good stuff. Nooses and lockers and all that good stuff, whatever. But you, when you think of Turlock, you don't really think. And everybody thinks, oh, he's from California. He had white parents and all this thing. Like, life was sweet. Like, look, he's still a black man in America. And as you guys know, there's things we deal with no matter how much money you got or what. So, you know, it wasn't it wasn't all. When I look at, like, kind of some of the criticism about him, it's like, yo, like, y'all have no clue what this dude went through growing up. So for us, it's just going to be, you know, great to be able to help him tell his story and really show everybody kind of what it was. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's, I think that's yeah, excellent, man. Turlock. Uh, it's hard. See, what, I'm the, t- I'm the type of Californian that just really can't point that shit out. I yeah. play. I had, a, I had the chance to play in um, it, uh, California JUCO. So like, we traveled up and down, and I've been yeah. to so many like, no, just I don't want to call it bullshit ass cities, but <laughs> it's been, it's been some, it's been some armpit ass cities in, in in California where you're just like. This is actual a city, yeah. yeah so, um, it's so, right near Modesto. Yeah, you know it's I mean. like it's in, it's in it's like Fresno. If I, okay. if, if they were to put you a big area like, yeah, it's Visalia, you know, nah. yeah, it's just it's just real nasty out there, know. though, man. <laughs> but you, you may, but you may Fresno, drive Modesto, I, I heard of. Yeah, I, you I mean, may I, drive I, through, but you're not stopping. You're not stopping, bro. You might smell the cows over there too, bro. Yeah. Hey, so. Hey. As the person that has no idea about any of these places in Cali, I just know L.A., San Fran, and Oakland. Is Yo. that? I'm assuming that's not near a beach or and, anything. Hey, and then yeah. see that's the thing too. That's another thing. That's the other stereotype about California is that when people say, "Oh, I'm coming to California," especially for the first time, you think it's beaches everywhere. The <laughs> north and the south is basically damn near two states because Yo. you don't even like it hey, is hell. night and day. You're saying people. You ain't got to go all the way far off for people. There's a person on this call right now. The first finals did the Warriors and Cavs. 
This nigga was smacking <laughs> swimming trunks and shorts and tank top. I'm like, what are you doing? I said, you better bring a sweatshirt. <laughs> It'd be like, they'd be ready to turn up. I'm like, what are y'all on out here? Y'all need to come to Cali. I had only been to LA at that time. So all I knew was in Cali, there was beaches. So I just knew to bring my swim trunks. I had, yeah. I didn't even look it up. Dude, when they say Cali, right. though, they mean LA. Then everything else is, you know, because when I say Cali, yeah. I mean like, you're coming to LA. I'm coming to Cali. Like, when Ben so, was rapping about Cali, he wasn't talking about Oakland. He was talking so, about LA. I mean, I'm in Fresno. And uh, I had some teammates from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Greyhound, right? They Greyhound to the community college, got off. So they slept their entire trip thinking like, okay, yeah, we're going to play college ball in in Cali and this and that. They get off the bus. They look around in Fresno. It's hot. They don't see no beach. They they wonder what's going on. They they. In the Greyhound Station is right across the street from Fresno Grizzlies Baseball Stadium, which is like a minor league team. I don't think it's there anymore. Shouts to Chris Haynes, though. Um, but they're like, yo, what happened? This is not what I've seen on TV. I'm like, boy, y'all got about two and a half hours to go, bro, to go see the actual to go to see actual beach. And then if we go north, you got like it's really the armpit. You got to go another two and a half hours to actually see some, you know what I mean, actually some decent looking women. So, damn, damn, two hours. Imagine getting off the bus like damn, two hours, dog. I mean, but that that's the thing. That's the thing about junior colleges. That's why they're in shitty ass cities for you to focus and get out. Get on the Greyhound with that one suitcase. They got a sticker on there. And I don't know what happened. I mean, but they were wearing suits. Oh wow. Wow. So somebody bamboozled them. Was this in the fifties? What, what's going on? <laughs> hey, with the bus ticket from Milwaukee, like damn, bro, wow. that's sick, that's a man. Perfect. Wow, I feel hey, bad. My feelings will be hurt because you can't leave as soon as you get there. Like, where you gonna go? Not with the not not from Fresno, at least. Oh my god, you're not oh, getting no flight geez. straight to Milwaukee. Oh. Talking about erectile dysfunction is so hard. Not hard in the good way. Hard in the way you won't don't want it to be. Usually we just brush it off and blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost me mojo. Or we avoid it altogether. Excuses like, I had a long day at work, honey. Or sorry, I'm just not feeling it. But here's the deal. It doesn't have to be hard in the bad way. It could be hard in the good way. With Roman, because it's easy to talk about it. And with a real doctor who can prescribe you real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet for you to get back to being hard as opposed to doing hard. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Doctor is going to work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Whole process is straightforward, simple, discreet. Getting started is even simpler. Just go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M and complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to tackle. Now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M today. If approved, you'll get $15 off of your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. Make it hard on your significant other for a change. Yo, that's, that's, that's unbelievable. I'll tell you what else is unbelievable, man. 
All these people who love Hamilton. Josiah, did, did you watch Hamilton? I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep my mouth shut because I don't, you know, I don't like wars and having people come for me. But I definitely saw Hamilton in the uh, theater. You pay, you paid money. Did you pay I, money? I, I, I was given a ticket. I mean, I, I was, look, I'm not, I wasn't salty at it, but I'm just like, yo, like, I mean, okay. I'm not really a play guy. I'll just say that. I'm not a play guy either. I'm definitely not a that's, musical that's guy. A, that's the best way to put it, to explain it to a black man. I'm not a, if you're not a play guy, then don't go see it. Well, see, but here's the funny thing. Like, oh, this is going to sound mad funny, but all my life when people say, yo, there's a play, the first thing I always think of is those, Lord, why won't you send me a faithful black man? <laughs> like, <laughs> starring Reedy from Good Times. <laughs> see, that's different. I would go see one of those and don't make me crack up. I I just never I don't like plays, man. I I, I feel like they overact and yell the whole time, and it's just it's just I I've never appealed to me, right? But everybody made such a big deal of Hamilton. People who said I don't like plays, I don't like musicals, but I love this one. So I said, you know what? I'm going to see it. A couple years ago, I don't know if y'all remember, uh, it came to L.A. to and I had a hookup at Pantages Theater. It was like, yo, I get you tickets for face value. Which is a big deal because this thing goes for thousands. If I'm gonna pay like, are you kidding 70, me? Yeah, I was like, yo, I'm down, right? So I'm like, okay, and so I'm excited. I'm gonna see Hamilton, see what all the fuss is about, da da da. And then at last minute, the shit fell apart. I can't remember what happened, but it, I think actually I wasn't gonna be in town, so I said, you know what, never mind. And then I was like, you know what? One day they'll make it into a movie or something, and I'll watch it. So then, well, see, the ad's going to be on Disney+. Plus. I'm like, oh, perfect. And it's not even a movie. It's actually filming the play. So I'm like, just like going to see the play, only I'm not paying a bunch of money. Awesome. Gathered my family, got my parents, my sister. Let's watch this. And it started, and like... Two minutes in, I'm like, are they going to sing the whole time? It, it reminded me of Empire. When people said, yo, there's a show called Empire. It's really cool. I'm like, all right, cool. All right. That's Cookie. That's Lucius. All right. And it was like, who touched my Gillette razor? I never touch your razor anytime. You know I have my own razor. I'm like, wait a second. They're singing the whole time. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I'm like, oh, oh there's no words. It's all just singing. And then the, the other thing was, they're not singing half the time. They're rapping, but they're not rapping like the way we listen to rap. Kids <laughs> Bob. Rap. It ain't even Kids Bob. Even Kids Bob got more cadence to it. Like this shit was just rapidy, dabity, dat, dabit, attacking, and back, attacking, and macking, and then a leg. The England was attacking, and then hacking, and backing, and rocking, backing, and jacking, and lacking, balking. It's a forefather of the dollar, and he's a bother. Don't bother my mother, and the father, and the daughter, and the da. I'm like, yo, nobody raps like this. Where did y'all, like, who told y'all this is how you rap? And then I realized everybody in the crowd is white. And of course, this is, and then I started here. People tell me, my father hates rap, but he loved Hamilton. I was like, of course. <laughs> but the craziest thing was Steph's endorsement. I remember when that rolled out when the Warriors got their Hamilton 5 and all that stuff. I I, I just, you know. What did he only, say? Oh, he thought it was amazing. Well, I, I'm trying to figure out what the amazing part is. 
Maybe you, we just don't have the palette of art. Like, because I'm, 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 I'm speaking to you as someone who was excited. I was hyped for this, and like Act One was over, and I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? Listen, listen. The only use. Listen, the only actor I ever loved was Rafaela de la Ghetto. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's Cannons it. to the left of them. Cannons to the right. <laughs> Joe, how did you keep up with no subtitles in the theater? Because if it wasn't for subtitles, I would not know a single thing that happened there. I had the same exact note. I think that was the issue that bothered me. I'm like, where's the plot at? Like, wait, it just keeps, they keep singing. Like, the song, only song I was rolling with was uh, the British dude. Like, he came in and he really came with the interludes. I was like, all right, I can really get down with this part because, you know, he's really getting it. But I was just like, wait a minute, what's, what's going on? I actually had a friend. I remember how I got the chicken. Now, a friend is a dancer in the show, so she, she laced this. And got us in, so I don't want to be too, too, too uh, salty because the dancing was on point. But yeah. the, the, like you said, I'm just listening to the raps, and in my head, I'm just like, and I think too because the seats were falling there, and I'm six eight. I was just really honestly like, this is not my thing. I'm, I'm trying to get out of here. So. <laughs> oh my god, three hours you were sitting there. Uh, the intermission can to come soon enough, bro. That's that's Man, the nut- like. Listen, I'm the type of can you leave? You can't leave, huh? Those, no, those you, can't, things- you can't leave till you get the, that little 10-minute break to try and go yeah. hit the bathroom real quick, but the line be out the doors. You can't get no snacks and or nothing. You, it's like, come on. Dude. And if you late, they close the doors, right? If you yeah. go to the bathroom, you come back late, they close the doors. I know this because I went to, I've been to one Broadway show in my life. I went to John Leguizamo, uh, Latin History for Morons, which is a one-man show. I liked it. It was cool. But, like, I was struck by how many rules these niggas have, man. You can't do this. You can't. I'm like, is, this is America, right? Like, I'm not coming in all loud and shit, but, like, I can't go to the bathroom. I can't get a drink. I can't get a snack, like you said, yeah. except for these small times when everybody's doing it. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, and the other thing for me was just uh, maybe I'm an idiot. I just couldn't keep up. Like you said, like, there wasn't much of a plot because – They'd be like singing about war, and the next thing I know, they had a wedding. I'm like, wait a second, what? When did this happen? Like, <laughs> who getting married in the middle of war? Oh, the war's over. Oh, okay. And I'm trying to figure out character names. I don't know nobody's name. There's one dude who's playing two different characters at the same time. Like it was just, it was just confusing, man. I, I and I'm trying to re- like reconcile. Because I know just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not good, right? In the same way that we've had this conversation before about Kendrick Lamar, I respect what he does. I Ooh. like I, I respect Ooh. the lyrical, but for me, like someone says, put on this Kendrick Watch Lamar. It. I'm like, ah, just say it. it. <laughs> but no, speaking. but no, I, I do get that part because obviously, like again, people that are going to listen to this is going to think like, oh, y'all just got trash taste. Y'all don't understand? Da-da-da-da. And it's like, no. It's not for us. We didn't say that it was trash. It's just not for us. Like, again, I think the only um, musical I really caught was Jesus Christ Superstars. And I don't know how I even peeped that. Did that, they, that came. Did they sing the whole time for that one? Yeah. Yeah. But it was like catchy ass music from the 80s. I don't know. It was, it was some old shit. I watched it while I was high in college. But um, <laughs> that's why it only, that's why it still kind of oh, rings bells. Yo, by the way. Yo, a question. All these people say they listen to the soundtrack all the time. They lying, right? Nah, I didn't hear one song. One song I'd like to hear again. 
Hey, the numbers, the numbers don't lie, man. They're doing numbers weekly, just as much as the, the Disney streams. I mean, it's people that love this to death. I just don't get it. I mean, I personally wouldn't just throw it on, but kudos to the people who do it. It ain't for us. Maybe if we wow. maybe if we grew up in uh Scottsdale or um, <laughs> Beverly Hills or I don't know. I mean, I, I just, just for for a kid who grew up hearing fireworks all his life in the month of June, <laughs> this is not for me. So okay, so was I wrong to be surprised Water Wall singing? Because I, I got a lot of people on Twitter yes. telling me, yes. it's a musical. What did you think? Yes, it's, you're it's wrong. A, yeah, it's a musical. But hold on. <laughs> what were you thinking? Mo- Greece is a musical, right? Them niggas talking Greece. <laughs> they start They start with summer loving, happened so fast, and then they, they act. They actually have dialogue and plot points and change the scenery, and then they get to go Greece. I've never like, seen Greece. No, no, no. And then they talk, and then they get to. You've never seen Greece. I've never seen Greece. That's crazy. That's I'm crazy, cool. Jerry. I've never seen Greece. Greece too. I'm good. This is not for me. This <laughs> is <laughs> not for but me. Jerk, Jerk, do you watch Disney movies with your kid? Yes, I do, and I'm not watching. Right, those, no. those are musicals, though. Moana is a yeah, but, musical. I mean, but I guess, like, that's not, I guess the colors. Like it looks better. It ain't the colors. I'm things. One, they actually talk and have (laughs) stuff that happens between songs. Two, and again, this is one of the reasons why I got so disappointed was the songs are better. When I watched Moana, that this dude wrote, I was like, "Yo, the songs in Hamilton must be off the chain." This is the dude that wrote, "What can I say except you're welcome?" Like, yo, that's a dope ass song, man. I was so excited. I was like, that "All right, let me hard. see when these catchy songs are gonna start." And it was like wall to wall. Just there was no hook, no rhythm, <laughs> nothing. It was just talking and mocking and knocking, talking and walking and walking, locking and cocking and ducking, rocking and talking and talking, socking and mocking. And Wait, you're, <laughs> somebody, you're playing, right, bro? I'm dead serious. All right, I'm gonna watch it. They got some singing. They got singing. I'm gonna watch it. There are parts where where they sing, sing. Where there's a lot of rapping, all the rapping sounds like Joe, Joe, am I lying? The rapping sounds like that, right? Like this. It's not hot. I mean, I get it. I get it. I get who the demo that would roll with it and be bumping these beats and really trying to learn the cadence. But if you're a real one in there, you're definitely looking around trying to make eye contact with other real ones that you can spot. Just like, like, am I seeing the same shit as you right now? But. If y'all had to say, if y'all had to the pick problem one, uh, if y'all had to pick, since y'all saw it, if y'all had to pick one person out of the whole entire show, did you say was the nicest as far as rapping? Who would y'all say it was? Or is it, or is it, <laughs> like, you got to pick one. Ooh. I, don't, I like, like Amin said, I don't even remember characters' names to be real. Honestly, now that I really think about it. My boo loved it, though. It's crazy. We, we honestly got into an argument about it. And no disrespect, obviously, I love art and creative, but I'm watching, like, it's not for me. No, you can't I'm, get jiggy to that shit, y'all man. Y'all rock it. Y'all rock with me. Y'all can have it for $500 a ticket. What are we doing? Jeez. I mean, I, like that, that, all I could think of is if I had paid for tickets, I, I would have been so upset sitting there listening to these people sing songs that the problem was the song would be five minutes long for the first half 
half of the song, I wouldn't even know what was happening. And then finally figure out what they were singing about. And then I had to sit through the second half of the song knowing they spent five minutes to tell us, like, the war is over. <laughs> Four words. They spent five minutes singing about it, right? And it's just like, uh, the one part I thought was cool was the duel between Aaron Burr and, uh, and Hamilton at the end because the stage rotates. So the way they yeah. did it where, like, the girl, the girl dancer is holding the bullet and it's getting closer. I thought that was cool. It was very, very cool visual. But, yo, know, when his kid died, like, it's a seven-minute song, and I'm just trying to figure out, like, are you still singing about your kid, or what are you singing about now? How could you be so heartless? Sheesh, man. Yo, uh, Hamilton, yeah, not for me. I did finish it. I, I, I finished it today just to make sure and realize that the act two was better than act one, but still not quite there. Uh, this just came in with it's about three hours. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm good. Oof. <laughs> yeah. I, might have, I, might have to, I might have to take a real nigga intermission watching that shit. I'm going to literally no. pause it. <laughs> No, no, I, did it, I, did, I legit did it in two days. I watched Act One, which was an hour and fifteen, and then Act Two is like an hour and, and twenty or something like that. So it is what it is. Uh, what it isn't is an, a new challenge. Ti has challenged Fifty to a versus battle. Today mm. is Fifty's birthday, I guess, and Ti's birthday challenged him to a battle and to talk extra spicy and challenge him to a battle. And in the chat, we kind of had like, I thought it was kind of a disagreement that I didn't see coming. And I didn't see the source. Mr. John Gervais thinks that T.I. got this one hands down. Yeah. Jared I mean, T.I. had like top one. I mean, fifth has the top 100s, right? But T.I. has hits. And I think if if T.I. takes the, the KISS strategy of just playing – the stuff that everybody knows that they, that they like, right? Like all the grimy, all the the rubber band man, all that, all that stuff. Twenty fours, all that, the, the stuff that rolls, and the fact that Ti actually has verses that are kind of hot, like Ti spits, so he can pick strategically pick verses that would be the verses to end on. I don't. I, Fifty has bangers, but Fifty's not like I never thought Fifty was nice. What you know what I mean? Like like I just never thought Fifty was like. I, I think, yo, I think 50 is one of the smartest dudes to ever come through the industry. He figured it out. He knows how to do this. His marketing is crazy. He's got hit called him Sean Marion. It's crazy. I just don't, I just don't like, <laughs> I just don't think he's nice. Like, what do you mean you don't think he's nice? Like, I, That's I don't, crazy. I don't, I don't ever really remember myself saying, I'm not saying 50 doesn't do night, he doesn't do well on verses, but like, I've never, like, a, well on songs, but I've never really went away from something to say, damn, you'll run that back, what'd he say? Like, I don't ever think I've ever outside of, outside of, um, outside of, like, the early G-Unit mixtape stuff. Like, the, all that stuff? I mean, I, yeah. mean, I mean, you do take, you take Clifford Harris as a lyricist? Well, hold on. First of all, let's not at first of all, T.I. is one of the nicest dudes of his generation. Like, real Damn, talk. Take his dick out your mouth. <laughs> come on, cuz. Come on, dog. He's Don't cool. Do He's cool, Stop, bro. Yo. Sam, 
cats forget, yo, his trajectory was crazy before he went away. Before he went away, T.I. was on top of the fucking, on top of the fucking game. He had hits at that time. Like, he was the new, the new dude. Like, I take the hoves and all them dudes out the, you know what I mean? I'm talking about, like, all, like, the young dudes. I'm, I'm lying. Joe, Joe, what do you think? Oh, I'm going to say this. I'm tired of the whole versus thing anyway. None of these dudes' audio ever be good. All, they don't play the bangers. They need to play at the appropriate moments. It always be some janky technical shit. But, I, I mean, look, I, I like with T.I. I think really it's, it's, it's really just a battle of ATL versus New York. Like, really, really, what do you feel? I think they're both, for my generation, I look at them differently. I don't really, you know, go bar for bar. I just, like, what were the bangers? What were the hits? I think they, they, they're both on that level. I think they got more I know he'll, he'll really dip into the bag and start coming with all that Dre stuff and all that. So I think he had the benefit of better beats and all that type of stuff. But I don't know. I'm going to be curious to see. I don't I don't think either one of them is going to win, to be honest. I Because who's not going to lose it? It's one hell of a political answer there, sir. <laughs> I know. I'm, I, I have to do that now. I'm, I'm oh, a celebrity. So he's I'm gone. See, we dudes. lost him. I have to what? fight dudes in the near future if they see oh, me in public. What? Did you scrub your Twitter accounts yet, man? <laughs> I'm close. I'm so close. I know mm-hmm. I got something there. There's gonna be a smoking gun. I know. <laughs> oh, Josiah, man. He, he, used to, he used to be. He used to be one of us, and now he's a hey. Hollywood elite. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all it's good. So to to piggyback off Jerry and Josiah, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I'm not mad at Jerry picking Ti. I don't think it's a blowout with fifty. I think that there are both have a good uh, catalog, but like Josiah said, it's on them to lose if they don't have a good strategy because they have a bunch of options. Um, when you look at discography, T.I. has a better discography because I, don't, I think 50 kind of lost uh, focus. He started putting his focus into other shit, which he's more notable for. Um, but obviously we're not looking at numbers because Get Rich went di- diamond and and then obviously the massacre and what Curtis came after that. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, the, the get rich I, soundtrack I really, here. I don't, I don't, well, get, yeah, I take, I count get rich or die sound, soundtrack over Curtis, honestly, but Curtis is cool. Um, but that's the first one, right? What? Get rich or die trying. Get I mean, yeah. Or it's a get rich or die trying is his first album. Massacre the second. Massacre. Then it came out with get rich the, or die trying the soundtrack. soundtrack. And gotcha. then also, uh, one, the G Unit album also came out before Curtis. Did the we first one, the one album? that had. Did anyone buy the G Unit album for anyone other than 50? Like, I did for I, Lloyd Banks. I, I no, liked them all. I'm saying, I like. I mean, I I'm like, not I, the biggest Banks fan. I look, I like Lloyd Banks. And I, hey, I'm one of the people, I like Tony Ayo, right? I'm just telling you, when people purchased the G Unit album. Hey, me, from where wait, you from? The, the the G Unit beater was earned, not given. You could not be a frail nigga wearing them shit. Spaghetti sacks. Hey, you could not be a frail nigga wearing that. You really yeah. had to earn it. It was for them yeah. niggas that do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's for them niggas, not us from the West Coast. That's why I think we were easy to to mob towards G Unit. But um, that rollout was amazing. He did a great job of putting his guys on. I think the yeah. whole even Yayo's was kind of like. And, but I still gave it a chance just off of the rip. Lloyd Banks, Buck, all that shit was cool. Um, but when you think about, like you said, Jerv knows that T.I. has fun hits. 
like Jerry might be disappointed watching that shit like, damn, he didn't pick that song because the artist's ego is so crazy. That's why Fab kind of got cooked like that because he don't that's know. Why, that's why Nelly got cooked. No, so Nelly got again, cooked because he played songs that were unreleased. But he also, but he also, but he also thought he was getting a bar off playing country music songs. Like, nigga, man, white people ain't even watching this. Not near, not near another white person to watch that. Not, or at least not those kind of white people. Not the Tim Tim McGraw did not come in there and put a black fist up. (laughs) Keep it real, y'all think. Y'all think Fifth will actually? I, like I don't think Fifth would do a battle, a versus though. Nah, no. he ain't gonna do right. So he like, think- there's not, there's nothing anybody can do. He has everything to lose if he does a versus, right? Because if he, he gets washed, then he gets he becomes nah, the he don't lose anything. I'm sorry, nah. Fifth's not gonna get washed against anybody. I'm not even trying to be dis. Like, he just not gonna say. He not gonna stoop down to it. Now he's just gonna go turn this into a meme war and like clip yeah. that up. No, he's gonna he's gonna yo. This is the part where I was like, I saw the video and I know Ti was like trying to do it on some fun like hey man let's do this you know da, da, da. then he said last time you did this Kanye washed you I'm like oh here we go now <laughs> n- now you're going to see the full force of this man's Instagram account talking about your wife talking about the, the stuff that you said with about your daughter about the hymen checks and all like he's got like because you're talking about a dude who does not have a line like you know I say oh you don't cross that line you can roast people you don't cross that line I mean he doesn't have that it's 50, Shaq, Shaq, Steph Curry, Drake. You leave them people alone. Leave them alone. Don't say their name. Don't talk about them. Just let them be. Let them be. I don't mess with the light-skinned God up there in, 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 in the Bay because he dropped 40 on your head. And then also, you know, 50 Cent, he ain't got nothing but time. And the fact that, like you said, the Internet gave him free yep. material. It's it's fifty to me. It's fifty Shag and Gilbert Arenas. Because it's not yeah. it's not it's not just that they're they're funny and they got quick minded. It's they don't have a line. Like you might have some stuff to worry about. Like oh, I hope my job don't see this. I hope my wife don't see this. I hope that these men have nothing. They <laughs> they they roam like wild dogs, un unleashed. <laughs> And so you say something that you think is cute, playful banter, and they respond with just like destruction, man. Death and destruction. Joe, were you was you at the same time as Gilbert or or was Gilbert is a, I want to say a year older than me, maybe two years, but my, my Gilbert story is I was a uh freshman at Crenshaw High. He was at Grant, I think a sophomore. Yeah, he was a year older. So Grant played Crenshaw. He dropped like 40 on Crenshaw, was breaking the press single-handedly, just doing things that, you know, no human being I've ever seen do. I'm just like, who is this dude? But then obviously me and Gil, I ended up playing in the Valley, so followed him heavily. But I would always look in the Daily News to compare, you know, that was what you did to see who scored the most points. And any night he played, we played together. He would drop like 50, I dropped like 30. I'm just like, you know, it's not even, it's not even fun to check. But Gil's that dude. But So I want, because I want to ask you because – He's got a story about why he didn't go to UCLA, but like with Gilbert, like with Shaq, like with Fifty, like sometimes these stories, ah, they, you know, they get massaged, you know, for creative uh, purposes. So, is the story the story he says is that he went and it was like chaos, like nobody was doing nothing, 
And like, it, like the he's like, where's practice started? Like, oh, practice already started. And so that's why he went to Arizona. And then he said, UCLA got salty. And they said, you go to Arizona, you won't play a single minute. And that's why he picked the number zero. This is the Gilbert Arenas version of events. You went to UCLA. You played on that team. You're a year behind them, obviously. But obviously the people who were there were there. So what can you tell me as far as what they said, why Gilbert didn't come to UCLA? I mean, look, I think anybody who knows Gil knows that dude is uh, he's wild, right? He's not he's not afraid to do anything. I, I don't I don't believe in that story. I do have another story, though. We were playing them one year. And I want to say first half, he didn't score. He scored zero. One of my teammates, I remain nameless, was kind of talking shit to him in his ear. Like, you was the second option. The only reason you went to Arizona because I didn't, I didn't go. So Gil's like, okay. <laughs> Motherfucker proceeds to drop like 32 in the second half. Just goes nuts. I think we still beat him in, in overtime or something like that. But that dude, honestly, I, I don't know. Gilbert's like, Gil the type of dude that, that might say a lot of shit. But from my experience, like we, our shit was you know, pretty much together. I'd imagine Arizona came through with the bag. If I had to guess, not to be accusatory, but I'm sure it's about 40 or 50 racks <laughs> in a nice gym bag. UCLA wasn't really getting it off at that point like that. So that, if I had to guess, that's what I would say. I'd be closer to the truth. UCLA offers zero and, and, and Arizona say, here's for about 40, 50 for you. Joe said UCLA wasn't paying like that. I know because I have the receipts. <laughs> You see the Under Armour deal? Like we can't, we can't even got the shoe company uh, right now. Yeah, man, they they shredded that shit up with the quickness. Imagine getting clowned by Under Armour. By <laughs> Imagine Under Armour like, yeah, we can't sell no product with y'all. Like what? <laughs> That's oh, crazy. Under Armour's clowning is not. Why even- is that? No. Why? Why you you as an LA guy? Tell me why UCLA. Because I remember when before Alford was a coach, when they were going through the coaching search, and I was talking to Corey Gaines. Corey yeah. Gaines, obviously, former UCLA, bro, former Loyola Marymount uh, guy, and, you know, played in the league. And I was talking to Corey, and I said, I can't remember what name, but it was like a hot coach. I said, wouldn't they go after him? And Corey looked at me like, you bugging. I was like, what? See, they can't afford it. I'm like, it's UCLA. It's a blue blood program like Kentucky. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's like, they're blue blood like tradition, but not blue blood like pan. They don't do like the, the big programs do. I, I mean, that was my. I, I, you saw, saw with the Calipari story, I think they, they offered him whatever, but then, you know, it kind of balked at the end and they had Mick Cronin kind of waiting in the wings. Like, traditionally, no, I think they've kind of lived off of the history of UCLA for far too long and just. Hey, we won 11 national championships, and you should just want to come here because we're across the street from Bel Air and all that good stuff. But dudes nowadays really aren't rolling and rocking with that. So when I see the, like, you know, Cassius Stanley, for example, right in our backyard going to Duke, it's like, why would you ever in your life want to go out to, to Durham, North Carolina? It's not cracking. It's not mm-hmm. tight out there. Like, it should be like a no brainer. We can't even keep dudes locally to dip. So, you know, hopefully these bags are getting more plentiful because I'm all for it. Hey, Joe, breaking Joe, we never going to get no coach this color. We'll see. <laughs> hey, but you know who I was riding for, but obviously, you know, I, I, I wanted Earl over there back back then when it was supposed to organically happen. And they yeah. and they, they, they made everything but happen over there. Hey, we, um, we saw some, some true colors. You know, I don't want to say too much because the message board is going to try to eat me alive, but... <laughs> It was it was interesting just yeah. seeing the tone, tonally how people were talking to like hoopers who've made millions of dollars playing basketball, but like they're like smug attitude. And it's like, wait a minute, like 
I really got into it with this dude who was a lawyer, and I'm like, dog, imagine me talking to you about law and being like, ooh, I watch a ton of Law & Order, dog, so I'm, 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 I'm going to talk over you and really tell you, like, no, I object, dude. Like, you know, it's like, this is how you guys sound speaking to us, but the world's the world. Like, you know what it is. Like, I'm rolling with Mick, to be honest. I like the way he's got the, the program headed in the right direction. Would have loved for it to be Earl, but, you know, tough shit is the kid, so. Yeah. Damn. Po- politics, Josiah, man. I was Celebrity not ready. Now. Celebrity <laughs> Oh man! This shit up and be like, oh, he said this and that. We just got a new AD. I don't want him hitting me up like, yo, dog, why? You know, and it's like, bro, but you know, I'll communicate. Uh, but, he, but he a bro, that. right? Yeah, he, no, nah, he's a real one. Yeah, I'm yeah, so, yeah, think, yeah. Shout out to him. But I think even that now is like, oh man, they're out of the, they're thinking out of the box. Like, what are you talking about? They got a, a dude who's super talented, built up BC's program, young, energized, enthusiastic, former Hooper. Like, what, what, what really else do you want? And the, the whole black thing—that's great, but that, what does that mean? Like. Like we all worked and dealt with black people before. What is that, that? A lot of the time, it's not a come up like we we like to imagine. So they boy, they want to act like, oh, we got a black dude here. He's just gonna give you guys everything you want. Like that's not how this works. Y'all know y'all scrutinize even more. Like y'all y'all be looking to fire as soon as we get the job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Facts. Damn. All right. Well, well speaking speak, speaking of politics, though. Yo, uh, Trey. Yo, what's good? You you shave right? Yeah, I see you right now on the video. You got a goatee, so I'm assuming you shave the rest of your face. You're not one of those weird freaks where hair doesn't grow, right? Yeah, I shave. Okay, uh, how much do you think you spend on shaving products in a given in a given let's say in a, yeah, like in a year? How many like how many blades do you think you go through? Uh, quite a few. Quite a few. Spend a lot of money, huh? What if Trey, I told you with one simple website, you could save enough money to buy 26 cups of coffee, to buy three deep dish pizza dinners, to pay for six months of your Netflix subscription. Does that sound like something that you could get behind? Well, I don't drink coffee, but I could use the, 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 the Netflix, so um, I, I definitely can get behind that. Well, there you go. I'll tell you how. You go to harrys.com slash B-O-M. Why? Because Harry's delivers high-quality razor blades as low as $2 each, which is a fraction of the price of the leading brand, and that saves you hundreds, hundreds of dollars over time. Now, Trey, I, I believe you got a Harry's trial set sent to you, right? The, the I did. How'd I you did. like? How'd you like shaving with that? Oh man, my face is smooth as a baby bottle. Yeah, yeah. How's it smell? <laughs> it smells perfect. Better than a baby bottle, I hope. Absolutely. <laughs> the Harry's is a return that is essential. Quality, durable braids. <laughs> Quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 per blade. They cut out the middleman. They manufacture their blades in a German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for over a century. Super convenient. Refills are directly delivered to your door on schedule with or without a subscription. And they've got all your grooming needs covered in one stop. You get blades, hair care, shower products. And just like their blades, Harry's is committed to providing premium products without breaking the bank. Uh, And by the way, here's a cool thing, Trey. 
This is what they're going to do. 1% of all their proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide better access to better mental health care for veterans. Help support those who need it most right now. Uh, supporting Harry's and Harry's in turn is donating $1 million worth of shaving supplies to hospitals across the country. So it's not just saving you money. It's also doing good as well. Listeners of bomb can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash B O M. Here's what you're going to get. You're going to get the weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip. You get the five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go just go to harrys.com slash bom to start shaving and saving today uh last topic we had was we uh we watched the uh the documentary about representative john lewis it's called good trouble so on it's you can rent it Pretty much anywhere, iTunes, uh, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. Um, let me, because Trey, you, you were the one that suggested this. What what made you gravitate towards this documentary? Well, uh, with the election, you know, coming up in the fall, um, I think it's very important, you know what I mean, that everybody goes out and votes. Um, but just also knowing the history of it, you know what I mean, especially with the climate of America right now, um, it's very evident that a lot of stuff that was in that movie um, is still going on today. Um, and the fact that um, he started as such a, I, didn't, I, I really didn't know too much about him. You know I mean? Obviously I, I had seen him a few times, um, you know, kind of cross the timeline here and there, um, but actually getting to learn his story and, and look at it that way, you know what I mean? Him being on the front line at 19, 20 years old, you know what I mean? Like, and uh, as you as you uh, and it, this is very spoiler rich um, for those, you know, who are are, are chi- chiming in and listening. But uh, for him to obviously trace back with the historian and to find out that his how many greats, uh, great, grand, great, grand, great grandfather, it was only one. Yeah. So his great grandfather, obviously, because I think he's like in his late 80s, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So his great grandfather. um soon as he became a free man was, you know, voted. And then between that entire gap of his family, he was the next in line to vote. And like, that is crazy. And then also looking at obviously what's going on in Georgia now. Um, and then what was going on then the, the loops and, 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 and different situations just to vote was going on. Like they were making them take tests and, you know, was See, it, the count- Count the bubbles on his bar of soap. Well, that's the- next level. That is next level, like, voter suppression. Like, what yeah. does that have to do with me deciding who I want to vote for? How many bubbles is on this bar of soap? It, it's crazy, man. Um, I, I, you know, I watched this doc- another documentary the other day, uh, and it was a, a lot of it was about Stacey Abrams. It was about all these different women that were running for office in 2018. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was about Stacey Abrams. And the voter suppression stuff that they did in Georgia, I mean, I was I was shocked, man. I was I I I am a pretty skeptical person about all institutions, and I was like, Jesus, these niggas ain't playing, huh? Like, mm-hmm. When they purging a million voter registrations in a state, just one state, how is one that even state. possible? 
they, they basically made it so, so nobody, nobody of color is going to vote. Like, all the votes are going to be white people. And now we got a chance. And the dude, they, they, had, they played the clip in the documentary, but they also played audio in the other thing that I watched of uh, Ken who ended up winning the election saying on record, like, yo, if all these like minorities and women and all this come out and vote, we don't have a chance. Our only chance is to make making sure that they don't vote. I'm like, how is this? How is this not bigger news, man? Like, I, I was just kind of shocked. Um, but I want to ask everybody here: Are y'all registered to vote? I am. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, did y'all did y'all vote last time in 2018? I've been I've been voting since 2012. Okay. Um, so I've been checking. Obviously, I've been voting locally, and then also, you know, whenever there's a presidential and you know all that other stuff. All right. So I'm at, let me ask you, Trey, because mm-hmm. there's a couple of questions I had watching this. One of them was the Voter Rights Act, right? Mm-hmm. That they put in way back in the day and have been renewing pretty much up I think until it, I, think it, I think it got issued in '93. Right. My question is, well, why isn't this shit a permanent thing? Why has it got to keep getting renewed? <laughs> like it would seem to me pretty obvious like hey guys we want everybody to vote right all right cool like well let's see how this goes and then we'll cut, check back and why do they have to keep renewing it you know why no i know why <laughs> i, I want to know what the explanation is like i mean obviously obviously there's people that just have a pushback and don't believe that it should happen you know what i mean so they're fighting they're fighting you know again it sucks but Again, there's an actual party that believes that this shouldn't be a thing. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's that's just the truth about it. As you would think that everybody should be able to do this, that, and the third. It hasn't been that very long since we could vote. So, um, you know, it, it is it is as just as, 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 as uh, Mr. Lewis said, it is the, it is the probably the, the best um, nonviolent weapon there is. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the other question I had for, for everybody is when y'all go to vote. So right now I drive around and I see on street corners, you got all the signs. And some of them are like running for state Senate, running for Congress. Like, OK, I, I know what that is. And then there's running for county supervisor district three. Like if I don't even know what the job is, how can I effectively like pick somebody who's quote-unquote right or wrong for the job. Like, what do y'all do when you walk into that booth and you see all these names of all... Comptroller, like, all this stuff. What do you do? Um, I personally... I I go to the websites and pretty much read what the pros and, the you know, what they're for and what they're trying to push forward. Like, obviously, we got Sheriff Joe here in Arizona. This motherfucker (laughs) been... He's been around for a hundred years, right? And this motherfucker wins every time. Right. Um, So, again, I I read what what they're pretty much pro. Obviously, I I live in Tempe, so I'm looking at what's where what's going on in Tempe and who are the you know, who's trying to run for what and and what they're pro. You know, I mean, like they got people right now trying to be pro marijuana here. They got people that are pro education and people that want to fund and send stuff this way. So I'm always constantly seeing how or what what what's the support obviously the big issue right now is is the funding of the police and and who's backing that um 
So, I mean, I've, I've been looking closely to that. And, uh, you know, our, our mail-in ballots come in on Wednesday for local stuff. Um, and I'm going to continue to uh, make the right choice. The, the choice that I think. But back in the day when I first started, I mean, I didn't, I didn't follow up with that at all. I would just pop, 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 pop. And then go on about my business. And then when it came to the actual, you know, um, for the presidents and vice presidents, then I would do that because that was the only candidates that I knew. Joe, what, what what's your voting strategy? I got to get more into it. Like, Trace, I'm more like, you know, just get it over with kind of situation. I'm more a bigger believer in just getting your bag right. Yeah. Your bag is more important than the vote because no matter what they try to throw at you, you know, you'll be ready, ready to go. But it's hard, man, because you see all this stuff. Like, y'all talking voter suppression and everything going on, and you just see the way the game is shaped. Like, they do this shit on a Tuesday. They make it as inconvenient as possible. Obviously, they're... Trump talking about you can't do mail-in ballots and all that. It's just like, it's, it's obscene how much the, the lengths they go to, to to suppress the vote, but this is nothing new. And it's funny to me to see a lot of white people kind of finally realizing, like, the game, and they just think, like, oh, man, everything was equal. We're just kind of beating you in this race. It's like, no, motherfucker. Y'all been cheating at every corner, doing all this fucking shady shit because you know we've got the numbers. You literally know that. So all you do is you gerrymander, you fuck up, you rig shit, you give people misinformation. You give them one one poll for fucking five hundred thousand people, just like it's like, come on, dog. But that's the funny thing. Like for me, it was like gerrymandering. I knew about all that shit, but I was like, man, that's just the cold politics of the game, and people are gonna try and draw lines the way they can. But when you do like straight up, like, yeah, these ones don't count. Like what? Like how do you? Yeah. How is that even a thing? Yo, do you know like in that uh, in that uh, governor gubernatorial race in Georgia two years ago? People was get, first of all, they like closed mad polling stations, or they would switch your polling. Station and not tell you, like so you would show. And that's oh, I'm not here. I know now we changed it to something else. So you got to go all the way across town. But in the messed up part is some of these places they didn't have power cords for the computers. <laughs> wow. I'm like, that's like, that's like Jerry playing the video game with Haven, bro, and just having the controller like here. Yeah, I'm plugging, <laughs> I'm plugging the controller like, oh yeah, you doing it, you killing. <laughs> I, I'm just like, how does anyone experience that bit of news and walk away with an explanation other than this is some shady shit? Because at the end of the day, I think the thing that was really shocking to me is that the idea that. Republicans ain't even trying to win over votes no more. Like, there was a time, maybe like 20 years ago, it's like, yo, you should vote Republican because the Democrats really haven't done anything for black people. And which, like, some of the things they say is true, right? Yeah. Now it's like, fuck it, y'all ain't gonna vote for us. So <laughs> let me just make sure your vote doesn't count, regardless of who you were gonna vote for, which to me is just next level. Um, the other thing that in the documentary that really threw me off was when he was running against Julian Bond, which is his best friend, uh, for that congressional seat in the eighties. And Yo, he said was, the drug crazy, test thing. Uh, were you surprised they didn't ask him like, "Yo, you want to talk about that?" Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I looked at that shit like NWA. You know, niggas go make themselves look good and breeze I mean, over some shit. But damn, yeah, that's like us, me and you being really tight. And then we go run for a political, you know, thing. And then I just say, oh, yeah, me. So what What was all that shit that you tell him? <laughs> you like, bro, what <laughs> no. the fuck? 
It would be like me running against Josiah and be like, yeah, you have some questionable tweets in your past. Like, all of a sudden now, all of a sudden now, like, what? And my man was hot, though. He was hot. He was like, yo, our families go to Disneyland together. What are you talking about, He son? lost his cool, bro. But then the, the craziest, the, I thought it was funny because I was, like, laughing, but it wasn't funny. After he won, After he they, lost, sat next, yeah. they sat next yeah. to each other and he was like, John's like, yeah. We're we're gonna continue to be friends after this, and then it went to him, and he's like, "Nah, but possibly maybe it can be fixed a little bit later." Time, but. time heals everything, but right now, no. Also, he's, Ryan asked Gumble him, asked him, "Why'd you lose?" And and my man came with the realest answer ever. He said, "I won the majority of the black vote, convincingly." <laughs> but you know, he said convincingly. He said, "But John won the white vote, eighty to 20. So I guess he resonated with them. And I was like, oh, I get it know, off. Like, he get it like, off. yo, I was one of those, yo, I lost because you said some under the, the belt shit, but I'm going to show you some real under the belt shit. <laughs> That's because I'm like, yo, John Lewis is like an icon, right? Man, Martian Selma and all that stuff. My man said he, he won because he won the white boat 80 to 20, which but I won the black vote, which to me, I don't know how y'all interpret that. I interpret it loud and clear. No, I, I definitely heard it. It's like you wanted them bros. They like you. You know what I'm saying? That's that's pretty much what it was. But then after that, uh, you know, he said he never looked back. And he had been, yeah. you know what I mean? Obviously, they showed this highlight yeah. of him getting the stuff done. But that, that was it's, interesting. The people that voted for you love Hamilton is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much, I was man. Jeez, like, that's that's a and little. You know, hard. you know, another thing that 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 stuck out, I guess, not during that time, um, but they were showing, obviously, you know, the whole how he got a degree in like nonviolence and and stuff like that, and obviously they was beating him the fuck up when they was going to all these little oh. freedom rides and all this shit. Crazy, and, crazy. and I'm like, yo, I'm, you know, I'm 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 cool. But I ain't. I, it's only so much I could take on that. You know what I'm saying? And then obviously that's what his man said. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, it's, "Look, man, I probably wouldn't have made it out of there." But like they also highlighted Malcolm X and you know um, all of the you know all of the you know force pro force um, guys in there. And obviously they took different routes and they basically got him up. You know, basically tried to get him up out of there because um, they just didn't think his his strategy was. Good yeah. for black people. I wish I wish he had been they had asked him more direct questions about that. About like what do you, what did you think about Malcolm X when he said this? You know, talking about nonviolence is is not the key or whatever. Uh what did you think about Julian Bond when he said that about you? They didn't seem to ask him about any of those people, black people that like confronted him head on or felt like confronted him head on like that. They kind of stuck to just his civil rights work, which is which is tremendous and it's a great resume. But like that, that's what I was interested in because we all know, like, we're not trying to hear what these racist white people are trying to say, but what how do you react when other black people are criticizing black people on this side of the fight? Um and it just reminded me right now, now I'm thinking about Josiah, now that you, you are in this world, right, where you now you gotta watch what you say about other people's creative works. This is a question <laughs> Uh, no, but this is a serious question because the question I've had ever since the TV show Atlanta came out, because my stance on Atlanta was very controversial. I said I like it; it's all right. I, I don't think it's 
earth-shattering, like as far as the content, books or even the ideas. But what I thought was, I thought it was really interesting that he was able to get it made. I think it was much harder to get it made than it was to write it and act it. The writing and acting was okay. The fact that it got made and wasn't kind of switched up or made more mainstream or whatever, that was the more interesting part. And so many people got mad at me. And one of the only criticism that I heard that I was like, and you might be right, is, man, we don't have too many opportunities as it is as black people in this space. So here's someone black who got an opportunity, did something with it, got it made true to his vision, and it was critically acclaimed. Like, don't piss on that, basically. Um, Josiah, you as a black creator, um, what is your philosophy on that, on things that... You know, going back to what we started this conversation with, which is Hamilton, things that you lo- you see and you respect the work behind it, but you're not necessarily like, you know, it's just all right, you know? <laughs> I mean, for me, I think, you know, just as an artist creative, I appreciate everything everybody does, right? Even if the stuff that I personally don't rock with, I might think the shit has got off or terrible. I'm not going to go out of my way to shit on other people's work because I know how hard it is to make anything. Like, it's tough being a black creative in this industry, right? Because we only get so many projects. And it's sad because you look at white white projects and white creatives, they're allowed to make terrible-ass shit, shit right. that, you know, you'll never watch, shit that you'll never give a fuck about. But for some reason, everything that's black is like every network got to elevate and hold up. It's like, look, oh, we're doing black shit. And for me, it, it'll be interesting to see now that we're in this kind of, you know, with the, the state of the world and everything going on, everybody's buying up black content. Everybody's starting to realize, like, oh, man, we've been really shitty to black people for a long-ass time. But I'm curious to see now if they're just going to buy up a bunch of shit and put it out and not make any of it hot and then have all the shit be terrible and then be like, look, well, we, we gave you the chance and this, this is what happened. Like, you guys didn't deliver. I'm just, because that, that's honestly the way it could go. Because, you know, I've been taking a bunch of media and talking to a bunch of people and everybody seems to be super bought in and understanding and kind of realizing how fucked up it is. But when you look at the numbers and writer's rooms are only like 5% black and the amount of black showrunners and, you know, it's literally like you name on one hand, it's a fucked up world, especially when you think about all the money that black people bring to the table in terms of supporting content and doing everything. You saw uh, Black Panther or Straight Outta Compton, projects like that and how well they perform these quote-unquote mainstream projects that, you know, traditionally don't sell internationally, whatever. I just think, you know, you know, I don't try and shit on black content. Obviously, I want to be super supportive. Is everything hot? No, of course not. Like, it's, it's not going to hit. But when I see some terrible black shit, I get excited because, like, yo, at least they got it made. Just knowing how hard it is to get in. And but that's been the, all the biggest biggest hangup as a black creative in this world is like you'll pitch ideas and shit and you'll talk about shit that would just on this on this chat just know and I don't got to explain to y'all but I'll just give like blank stares like I don't know what that means like and I got you know something that we would all sit up here and crack up about we got to like time out be like all right this is why I'm laughing I'm laughing because you know right. whatever it is you know like you know whatever the situation is and this is constantly having to be like explained and. This is what the game has been a lot. It's like, oh, we need to be in on the jokes in order for it to go. So when I watch Atlanta, knowing FX and knowing kind of how tough it is to get, you know, get stuff off there the way you want to do it, see him getting that shit cracking and winning awards, like, yeah. Like, now, do I know every episode by heart? Not really. I, I definitely fuck with it and rock with it. Same with Insecure. Like, I support and rock all, with all these shows. Right. But I like a lot of different stuff. I don't I, just, I don't feel like I need to like something. And I think, you know, uh, uh, Black AF did a great-ass job with it, Kenya. In that episode, just talking about not always having to like black content, you know, whether it's Tyler Perry or whoever it may be. And at the end of the day, I'm all about getting your bag. So get your bag. I'm not here to judge. Like, who gives a fuck what I think anyway? 
<laughs> what uh, what what was like? What were your frustrations when you were working on Legend of Chamberlain Heights? Uh, for me, you know, like I said, I'm trying to stay employed and get it get it cracking. I know there's been a lot of like whistleblowing and shit. For me, honestly, the main thing was just of the lack of representation on the animation side. Like we had like a 40, 50 person animation team. I want to say our show was, you know, 18, 34-year-old African-American was the primary demo. We didn't have one 18, 34-year-old African-American animator on the show. So you're looking at the show, and for me, it's like, you know, we had a great team. I love all the people involved with it, but there's certain just cultural elements that, you know, get lost in translation or they don't understand or they think that we all kind of move and talk a certain way and do certain things. It's like, you know, it, it became it became a difficult thing, and especially just like what you have to understand when you guys are pitching shows or doing whatever, trying to get on the side, you're generally pitching shows to white execs who are trying to pitch to other white execs who are trying to pitch to their white bosses. And it's getting all the way to the top, like a Jeffrey Kassenberg type of dude who's like, you know, the supreme white being that, need, you know, been so out of the game for 20 years that needs to have it explained to him only using terminology from, you know, what he thought was hot was 20 years ago when he was a kid. So this is like the shit that happens to even get a show made. So it's honestly, I like to see the shit hopefully change and really just kind of respect me. And this is like the difference with me. Like I know how to get views off the internet. I know how to promote shit. I know how to get people more numbers on this shit than they know how to get. So I know anything I'm involved with or anything I'm supporting, like I'm gonna make it do numbers just because I understand how to infuse it into the black Twitter culture and make it bigger and larger than life. So, you know, if I can do my part, I'm, I'm more than happy to help. Joe, my favorite... Oh. Joe, my favorite reply right now is uh, not for me. Ha. That's that's the that's just that's the easiest thing because again, I I've actually had people DM me and say, "Yo, you really don't like that? You think it's really trash?" Because I like you know, obviously I didn't think anything. You Name know, one. On, on, like what? Name one. Uh, <laughs> so you know, obviously we used to do the sneaker pod. And yeah. it, it just made, I was, I didn't, I didn't know certain people followed me and obviously, you know, Jerv re- retweet a shoe sometimes, or I'll retweet a shoe and we would just automatically like, yo, don't trash. Nobody would ever wear those. <laughs> right. Right. And I had to really yeah. think about it. Like for one, it's, it's very hard, you know what I mean? Certain times to get like an opportunity, like, oh, if I would have got a PE, I would have did this with that. You know what I'm saying? Or just like 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 Joe said, yeah. just even getting that opportunity, you know what I mean. But then also, I can't argue how a certain shoe is made because it's not made for me, and I had to understand oh, that. It's the whole young, this is for the young people. It's all for the young people, and a lot of stuff like that because we're so sold on how we grew up, and we love nostalgia. Nostalgia sells, right? And we're yeah. like. And when we grew up, it was like this, and y'all got shortchanged, and this and that. So when we see stuff that just rolls out, and they're trying to market it to certain people, it's easy for us to say it's trash. Because again, the greatest times of our lives, whatever we've highlighted and compared it to, it's never going to be like that. Obviously, some stuff ain't going to be the same. You know what I'm saying? Because obviously, we were at a, a good age to look at sneakers in '96. Versus now, you'd be like, Man, I ain't buying none of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Or you looking at music, you looking at movies. Like, again, I would never say 
I mean, you know, I mean, you do a pod on like bad movies, right? And it's a, yeah. in the nineties, it was like a slew of bad movies. Like I'm yes. just like, God damn. But you, they were really good though. If you really, if you really <laughs> go back and look at some hey. of them shit, really, I miss those times, bro. When you could have just shitty ass masterpiece movies or whatever, <laughs> but I was talking with all of them. Like, you know, like I, I got always tell people, I, got I always tell people Holland don't watch v. it with the 2020 eye. Cause as soon yeah. as you watch it with the 2020 eye, you're going to ruin your fucking favorite. Like, I rem- what broke my heart was somebody on the internet said Belly was just a long ass hype Williams video. Oh man, we, we said I, that we said that when it came out. That's disrespect. When it, it came was hot, out, everyone, it was hot. Like that was, opening scene hey, walking through the club. That's the greatest that, opening scene. I've that was like, that was the best scene of the movie, hey, right? Hey, are you ready? What's going on? on <laughs> but look, when you go back and look at it now. The nigga Nas talking about go to Africa. It's a, it's a <laughs> bunch of Africa, shit. B. Like it's just a bunch of shit that just was like, me and baby girl gonna go to Africa. I don't like that shit one bit. Like it was Yo, just a Tommy, bunch of shit, bro. Like, Tommy Buns, why you want? We gotta go to Africa. Hey, yo, dog, we not going to Africa. We we are right here in the streets. <laughs> like the fact that we can admit the fact that we went through that era. And we live through this thing. So we, we have appreciation for things that are terrible, but it's a good terrible. I think it's okay if we say some of the things now are just, te- they're just trash. Like some of it's just trash, bro. Like some, some of the things come out, sneakers, music. Hey. You, you can say it's not for us, but if you really sit down, you're just like, yo, it, just because it's not for me doesn't mean I can't say it's trash because it's I trash. See, it's so unless, funny. They, unless you go. Unless you're oh, true. He's got he's got a bag to protect now. <laughs> yeah, Joe can't Joe, Joe Joe don't Joe don't get a voice of the people no more. He, he well, once really I get real. that bag, then I'll go crazy again. And okay, honestly, cut up. Feel unlike anything you've ever seen in life. Like be with some money and nothing to worry about. Honestly, I hope it doesn't happen because it's gonna be a lot of hurt feelings. Like hey, I'm just going for, a coat, for a coat in the summertime. I just want you to get carried out like Chappelle on the, as Diddy. Just <laughs> you know, like real nigga shit. Hey, but speaking on that same topic, Jerv, it reminds me of you chiming in when I talked about Isaiah Thomas. And I was like, I'm not going to call no more players trash, right? <laughs> hey, and he was like, nah, but I like calling niggas trash. Yeah, I do, yo. I do. Because <laughs> I was like, hey, because I was like, <laughs> I was like, yo. I'm not going to call you trash. If you hooping, I'm going to talk about you. If you're not balling, I'm not going to talk about you. I said, I ain't going to never call nobody trash because it's hard to get in the league, right? This nigga Jerv said, nah, I like calling niggas trash. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, you can't, you can't, den- you can't deny the, the, the great joy you get just calling somebody trash, man. <laughs> it's trash. can't get enough of it. <laughs> They get so upset too. That's my favorite part. Like, <laughs> computer boys. <laughs> computer boys. Oh, shout out to Chris Douglas Roberts, man. Where is he at now? All right, man. We're gonna wrap this thing up. Yo, Josiah, what's what what projects are you working on that people could look forward to? Just give the people a good little synopsis on all the things you got. Uh, you can check me out on, on Duck Bait on Yahoo Sports, also developing a couple scripts on the low. And honestly, there's so much stuff nowadays with, with the black content is going to be on the heavier side and, you know, the deeper shit. I got a, a comedy that's kind of like a new wave eastbound and down. I'm finishing a pilot for and I got a dramedy I'm working on, too, trying to show my range, really trying to show Trinity Squares what's really cracking. What, what happens when you give 
a big, beautiful six foot eight black man like myself the opportunity to get his flares out and come back with it. So catch me on Yahoo Sports every Monday. I'll be on Twitter every day when appropriate, dropping heat. And that's about it. Bring me back, baby. I'm about to say, man, <laughs> you need to throw a little alley oops around here, you know, every once in a while, bro. Yeah. Hey, I, hey, if y'all want to come on, always let me know. I'll be thinking that everybody got a uh, network affiliation and their networks don't really be fucking with us, but you know, hey, well, this, this quarantine, nobody, nobody's saying shit. Yeah, like, what are they gonna, what are they gonna do? Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, this has been Black Opinions Matter, motherfucker. My name's Amino Hassan. Shout out to Black Trace. Shout out to Big Jerv. Shout out to Rob Lopez on production. Shout out to our guest, Josiah Johnston. You heard where you can catch all his stuff. Remember uh, to download, subscribe, like, comment, all the shit that you're supposed to do on podcasts. Uh, do it for us. Do it for Cinefo, which comes out on Wednesdays. Do it for Count the Dings. And do it for Pack Your Knives. Uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.